0: Welcome. It's that moderately loud, no. That was good. I don't, let's see if that clipped. No? Perfecto. Welcome to a Sad Moth
1: podcast. What is it called
0: again? What,
1: we, we had a name for it, didn't we? It, it's gone too long. Um, album Bloodbath Bonanza Battle Royale. We got a good one. We got a good one coming up this yeah. week. After a mild absence, come back with the big guns. Some contemporaries. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Some contemporaries of
0: of another time.
1: Okay. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers Mm -hmm. "Damn the Torpedoes versus Elvis Costello and the Attractions. Seminal. (laughs) 1978 album. This year's model. Why is "Damn the Torpedoes not Seminal? Tom Petty's 1979 release seminal album in the rock cannon damn the torpedoes yeah, there we go you know there is a vh1 classics hour special on it that i watched
0: probably know more about it than me then <laughs> what? what uh what, what, what did oh you watch when you're
1: 12. yeah oh i think these albums are you introduced this one to me we yeah. kind of go back and forth switching on what this one
0: as in Damn the Torpedoes by Tom Petty. No, no, you introduced Ed. this this
1: this matchup to me. I heard the oh. record prior. Oh, okay. But I didn't know initially who I would pair. I want to do Elvis Costello in one of these, but I don't know who I would have paired him with. Um, and we got some weird suggestions on who to pair him with. Uh, thanks, what? Tim. Uh, we're Did not going to do. We're not doing Elliot Smith versus Tim? Elvis oh. Costello. I Where thought it was, Tom Petty.
0: What was the one that was? Was it Elliot Smith and Tom and yeah. Elvis Costello? That was that, the weird one. Wasn't there one with Neutral Milk
1: Hotel that and, like, didn't uh, make any Guy sense? And Die by Voices, you didn't like that
0: one. Oh, that that
1: makes more sense. I get what Th- that was going for. the one that yeah okay. I get what he's going for, but I think this is actually a pretty good matchup in terms of era, sensibilities, yeah. sound, in a way too. Maybe not. Maybe just a general tone of, but one that not tone. What do you think goes well for these records to be comparable? Well,
0: I mean, I guess I suggested doing this before I had ever listened to Elvis Costello, really. Oh. <laughs> uh, but, like, the idea was, like, I knew that both of them were kind of pop songwriters from the 70s, and they were both kind of kind of genre-more. Like, they Not didn't really easily fit into any specific movements.
1: Yeah. Of, of rock. Tom Petty's like yeah. rock, power pop, heartland, rock, yeah. fault, whatever. Yeah. Elvis Costello, maybe post punk, maybe new wave. Yeah. Right. Definitely also power. It's just it's yeah. like also power pop. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Makes it for a surprising um good pick because this is also they're also the and they also have backing bands. That's true. And this was um, Elvis Costello's first record he made with Mm -hmm. his band, The Attractions, which would go on to make the rest of his classic, classic records. This was, I I believe, Tom Petty's third album with the Heartbreakers, but his first album with the producer. I I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's a very famous producer, Jimmy. I what how do you pronounce it? Iovini. I don't know. He produced for Bruce Springsteen. I believe he went on to produce hip-hop records. But he's known for having a really big sound. And I think it... Oh, God. We'll, we'll get into the sound of the records later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we're going to do choice cuts. It's time for choice cuts.
0: <laughs>
1: it's time for choice cuts. It's we in a segment choice. now? When, when, <laughs> what? 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 Did, what, did, what? As as you All right. folks following right. along at right. home, yeah. obviously, no, it's time for choice cuts.
0: It's time for choice cuts. Ch- 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 choice. You, That's are, our bumper.
1: We're gonna, we're gonna start off. Ch- 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 choice. Choice
0: cuts. Cut. <laughs> Tom Petty. Choice cuts. Choice cuts. Go. Um. Definitely, do do me like that. It's the best song on either of these albums.
1: I think the thing that surprised me most is how how many good songs there were. Re-listening to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, "Damn the Torpedoes," mm-hmm. nineteen seventy nine, I was I didn't give it as thorough of a listen as I probably should have the first couple times that I had ever listened to it. But there's some bops on here. Yeah, some legitimate bops. Tom Petty can write really, really good songs. Really sharp. Really, really sharp. Punchy songs. Yeah. Don't do me like that is maybe, I think, at this point now, the song that I think sticks out as, as probably one of his absolute classics. There's some oh, absolute classics on here, but I think this is it's the pinnacle of the record. That's, that's my favorite song by him yeah, in general. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible yeah. song. What do you like
0: about it, Noah? All right. Here's the thing. It's like, you hit me with that... You hit me with that rock organ right at the start. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> they fucking wail. Take me back to Woodstock. On that, rock, on that organ.
1: It's like a purple
0: harem song. I don't know. Like, Like, this is a song for me that, like, it's just like the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, shit. You know, it and it gives it's you that bouncy. it gives you that just like in like that endorphin fizz. You're just like, holy fuck, this is like a, an amazing like pop song. You know what you know what it's I mean? Really, it's hard it's to describe. It's
1: really punchy and it's really bouncy and it's 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 instantly memorable. It's instantly recognizable. Yeah. And I think for of the many voices that Tom Petty puts on for this record, this is I I, I believe his true voice. As a songwriter and just as as a vocalist, I think he does a really pretty great vocal delivery in the song itself. I mean, it's it's not the deepest thing in the world, but it's it's poignant. It's it's a hard song to sing along to. If you ever tried to sing along to? I yeah. have.
0: It's a lot. You need a lot of breath to sing along to <laughs> don't yeah. do me like that.
1: And it's just you know, it's 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 just the, the basic message. With of, the, with know, a don't break up with me. You know, don't yeah. break up with me. It's not easier out there. Nope. You're, gonna get, you're gonna get. You're gonna. Don't fuck me. Don't fuck me. That's don't you ever fuck me? Don't you ever it's basically fuck me. the message of the song. Yeah, it's it's a, it's probably the highlight. It comes smack dab in the middle of the album, pretty much towards the tail end, I guess. But it's the first song of the B side. It looks like. According it's to rate your music. Hell, the first song. Yeah. It's pretty great. um If I had to pick one, besides "Don't Do Me Like That." There's, there's a lot, and we're, we'll talk about that. The album's pretty short. There's only nine tracks, as opposed to this year's Model, which has 13. So we'll talk about most yeah, okay. of them. Um, but I, I do want to talk about Refugee for a minute, because this one is one of the hardest cuts. It's the opener of the album, which is perfect, because it comes in hot. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a barn burner. And Tom Petty's vocal on here is pretty fucking great. He can really shred his vocal in the high range, and stay on tune better than I feel like most people. And he does it all over this album, but the, the contrast between the uh, the Bob dylan twang that he can sometimes overstate yeah. in some of his songs, with, with that, it the chorus hits so fucking hard. And the thing that I want to stress about the whole album that is exemplified in this song is how well this rock record is produced and put together. The snare on this song just fucking hits like a gunshot. It's just a fantastically produced song. Every part of
0: it. Yeah. Like, the way they... The way they layer guitars on the whole record is, like... They do it really well. I don't it's know, pr- like... The,
1: the, the producing on this record, it's a widescreen record. Yeah. It's pretty phenomenal how crazy of a sound they got. And, and this one opens the record, just introducing you to that. It goes hard. And I, what I really like is the, the topic of the song. Topically, I don't know if Tom Petty goes too deep in a lot of his lyrics, um, or at least as compared to Elvis Costello, but I think this song is a pretty interesting topic. Did, you, did it read any kind of way for you? No.
0: No. <laughs> Honestly, Patrick, I don't really know what any of these songs are about on either of these records. So. Oh,
1: well, I you're pretty much good on Tom Petty's, but yeah. like I uh, mean, I
0: get the gist with Tom Petty.
1: The, well, Refugee is one that I, that singled me out as as a little stronger lyrically. Apparently, people say it's about his record company, but I don't believe it. Hmm. I, th- I feel like it's kind of like he's ta- he's talking to a girl, but it's kind of like taking. It's it's bitter, which is why I think it's comparable to Elvis Costell and the Attractions, who's also very bitter, of taking somebody who's you know kind of purposefully down on themselves. They're not pushing themselves forward, kind of using the excuse of having like a hard life and just kind of living like like a bum or you know probably like a hippie lifestyle based on on that time and you know just basically going you know everybody's had to fight to be free. He doesn't really care. It's it's. It's a pretty hard hitting lyric. I think it's 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 pretty well put together. And definitely one of the more interesting lyrical moments on the, the record. The rest of it's pretty much some solid sentiments, but some some good love songs. We'll 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 move on to Elvis Costello. Does that reading make sense for Refugee? Should I go? Good enough for me. Perfect. Yeah. Alright. Elvis Costello, hit me with your. How did, I, how did I start the segment? Choice cut. Choice cut. What's your choice cut? Um,
0: It's... Uh, I don't want to go to Chelsea. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Why? That's... Well, I don't know. Like, first of all, like... Like, I, I feel like it's a different song on this album just in how it's put together. It's like, it picture. has a guitar riff which, like, most of the songs
1: don't. Rhythm heavy record. Yeah.
0: Um, But other than that, it's really dark. It's rhythmically one of the most interesting songs. I think the beat is really, like, complex in the way kind of the verse riffs work are really... I don't know, it's just... It's just more interesting to me, at the very least, than than most of the other the other songs in this album. The way the verses
1: work, I guess. Yeah. But it's and, definitely it's definitely do- I like the um, okay. I guess also
0: like his vocal performance on this one. I think is it stands out. I don't know. I think he sounds the most bitter probably, that he sounds on the whole record.
1: I might disagree with that, but, like, I, I get where you're coming from. I think he's pretty bitter on a lot of... Lyrically, for sure, but vocally, I'll give you it for sure. And I like the double meaning in the in the, in the title, because it's a girl, but it's also a district in mm-hmm. London, Chelsea, which was known for being seedy at the time. Right. It's kind of vaguely about prostit- <laughs> prostitutes, just, you know... Not wanting to be part. This the record's exceptionally. Topically, Elvis Costello has "Damn the Torpedoes" beat, and I don't know which record I want to talk about first, but I'll tell you my choice cut mm. on this one if I can pick one. There's, quite my favorite song on here. It being the one that I've listened to the most for sure is "Lipstick Vogue," and I don't. I feel like I don't get this song doesn't get talked about in the Elvis Costello canon as much as it deserves to be. This is the other one that I was like, that. that's such a, that's that's a great song. Great yeah. song. And it, it's interesting in that I think it's one, my take on it is that I think it's one of the only love songs on here, or at least trying to be a love song. It's like an attempt at one. It's not as cutting or defensive or dismissive as the other ones, it's it, he's definitely trying to win this person, not let them throw him away. I'm trying to pull up the lyrics here, so I'm not just going in blind. But it's definitely about a relationship that he wants to keep and not be thrown away. He's not broken. Uh, got a lot to say. Well, he's not joking. There's a lot of really, really clever lines. But my favorite line on it is sometimes I almost feel just like a human being. I like to, I read that. As the relationship makes it feel like a human being. If it, 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 there's some cutting, it, I don't not doing any justice just reading it. But it's also got one of the best hooks, one of the best choruses. Not just another mouth of lipstick vogue. It's you. Oh god, it's a fantastic love And it's and it's also one of the most. It's got a great beat. The drumming. The been, drumming
0: on this one is really exceptional.
1: The drumming on. I love the drum sound of Damn the Torpedoes. It's exceptional. It's incredible. The drumming on this year's model, I think, is perfect. I think the whole rhythm section is perfect. I think this album is near perfect. But I think the playing on this record is, especially in the rhythm section, is absolutely perfect. And this is one of my favorite moments on the whole record. It just builds beautifully. Oh, God. I'm in love with it. Can I... You know, I'm going to bring my headphones down here. and Yeah, we can take a TO. It might be now. We did, just did voice, voice voice choice cuts. Yeah, it's fine. I
0: literally just pressed the stop button. Okay, then, great. Fantastic. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back in a second. And we're back once again here on the airwaves. We got to put a little bit more emphasis on the and we're back. And we're back. Works, whatever. And we're back. I'm, doing, I'm going, like, NPR today. Okay. Um, just an update. Bottom of the sixth. 2 out. Red Sox 3, Astros 2. Absolutely. That's what adds on. If anyone wants right to now. ever go back and figure out exactly what time we were saying these words, you can now do that. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Dan the Torpedoes first. So... <laughs> What's uh, I don't know how to start this off? Uh, Damn, torpedoes is probably considered the. I, I think like I don't know if it is the best Tom Petty album because I haven't I listened think it's to a lot of
1: considered the best
0: Tom, Tom Petty, Petty albums, but it's like it's generally considered the best one.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think amongst the Tom, I've listened to a good deal of Tom Petty's. I've listened to his first album more than this one. Um, But there's a lot on this record, a lot written and said about this record. It has three of his biggest singles Mm -hmm. on it. It's where he matched up with that producer that I talked about earlier, Jimmy Jimmy I, whatever, whatever. It's his, it's his, also his breakthrough into the U.S. charts. He was, Uh he had a gold record before, but he was bigger in the U.K., songs like American Girl, Breakdown, stuff like that, than he ever was in America, refugee broke him into America, and then don't do me like that. Here comes my girl. Helped him just kind of build what we now know about Tom Petty, his, his, his career. There's an interesting bit of context surrounding the album that I read before we did this. It doesn't affect much of my reading of the album. But he was going through one of the few court battles ever won by a musician with his label at the time who just bought out his previous label for creative control, rights to his songs, and he was pushing back this album's release. It's a bit of leverage. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of context. Some People say it plays into some of the songs, but I, did you know that? No. So it's not going to really affect either of our readings of it. But I think if we're going to talk about this record, we should, and we've talked about the first two singles, Don't Do Me Like That and Refugee, we should talk about the other, the third biggest single from this record, at least on FM Rock Radio, which is the second track, Here Comes My Girl. Which I think is an, a, a lovable or a hateable song, depending on who you are. What, what did you think about
0: it? I've always liked this song. This is on, I guess, from background and like, how I've listened to Tom Petty, I've told you this. I've listened to Tom Petty's greatest hits a lot. It's the best way to listen to any musician, really. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's the best way to listen to Tom Petty, and honestly. And Steve Miller. Yeah, it's the, yeah. <laughs> but fuck Steve Miller. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck Steve Miller and his fucking Trump dick sucking ass.
1: <laughs>
0: no comment on you know? Steve Miller. Honestly, though, I listened to Abra recently. That is a weird fucking song.
1: There's that a is lot a of weird ones. Weird that, song. That, that, that record, it's a singles compilation, but the singles, very wildly, kind of, it's, it's, it's very interesting. But Damned yeah, <laughs> Torpedoes*, My Girl, Jeff yeah. FM radio song. I want to know what you think of specifically the verses. Because the hook is a really beautiful, great, folksy, um, Bergsian hook. It's and you've got the double harmonies. Here comes my girl. She looks so right. It's just you know, and you even puts that little bit of Bob Dylan
0: need
1: on the need. But he's like talk singing and scream singing on the court, on the verses. Yeah, and it's an it's an interesting contrast. Did you like that?
0: I mean, I guess I've never like thought about how kind of out there that is yeah but like yeah he 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 like really goes for it really, like and that's something i respect let's about see if i story. can do it and when it comes to feel so good so free so right i know we ever come to change our minds about
1: it hey here comes my girl <laughs> it's just so yeah. immediate um but I think I think it ultimately works just because like a lot of vocal takes that I think are questionable on this record because there's more than one um, this one goes off the best because just the amount of commitment Tom Petty puts into every one of his vocals, even if they're not my favorite, is admirable. Here it works really well too because he, he can like I said earlier, he can scream sing in that higher register it do, it's not out of tune it's just bizarre. Mm. Um, and it's like it's this is where I get the heartland vibes about you know being a small town, feeling trapped, feeling like the world's helpless. But then hey, here comes your girl. Yeah, she looks so right. She's all you need.
0: Yeah. Now Tom Petty, Tom Petty for me, like I don't know. I've always been able to very easily connect with with Tom Petty. It's like it's the '70s, you know. You got a fucking car. You're he's not cool. new wave he's not like really, it's like being really it's being like mainstream cool in the seventies, yeah. you know that's like what tom Petty's all about we're in remind jacket reminds me of like i don't know or like on the street with your steady it reminds me of my my mom's my uncle's honestly, my uncles were like farm boys in north Dakota so
1: tom Petty uncle rock tom Petty
0: is my uncle rock, no, but like. They like Tom Petty. I like this has like been discussed at weddings and stuff and um, I don't know. Like that's kind of the world I associate with Tom Petty and I enjoy that. Like
1: I'm Tom Petty.
0: Yeah. I like I, I don't I like, like I I see very little reason to to hate Tom Petty. I
1: think there is very little reason to hate Tom Petty. Like, He's a veteran musician been in it for years well yeah but
0: I don't know like I've never thought I've never really examined my enjoyment of Tom Petty but
1: well, that's just, what this podcast was supposed to express
0: you to do well that's what I'm doing right now <laughs> but like um I don't know like when you think of classic rock, I think I think he is like in in the lane of things that like became cliché for sure. You know, but he
1: does them so well that it doesn't really matter. The fundamentals. Yeah. That he, him and the Heartbreakers possess specifically on this record are just rock solid.
0: Yeah, it's like I mean it's like listening to like I don't know. I, I think a lot of the, the bad rep that a lot of these, like, big 70s bands get now, just amongst, like, younger kids who don't like them, or just younger people who don't like them, is that I just think, like, dad bands have, like, destroyed classic rock standards for, like, generations of people. Yeah. You know? They like, think- there's been so many covers of, like, even the Losers played
1: at bars across the country. Not nearly as tight. They, don't, they yeah. can't replicate the, the sound. The reason why right. this was popular is not at all evident when dad band covers even the Losers. Yeah. Which is, I gotta say, another... That's a song that I think either of these... If, if, if Elvis Costello was a little less wordy... Definitely, a, definitely at least a hook Elvis Costello could have done. Yeah. I think that's why I yeah, was Yeah, but like,
0: you don't get the... You know Elvis isn't pulling out the... Oh! Oh!
1: Oh! Oh! No, dude. Tom Petty is all about the yeah. O's. I love it. He's yeah. so into it. He's so into it. It's, no, he's... Yeah. The commitment is really admirable. I just... It's something I feel like I lack in rock music today is just that level of excitement. I get excited mm-hmm. listening to the best parts of this record because he's just, he's just, he's having fun. I'm having fun. It's a good time. The first four rec, first four songs on this record, I think are yeah. pretty incredible nonsense. The
0: whole A, which is the whole A side. Yeah. Which is a, is a short. Short A short side. Short A side, but. It's. Yeah, all. You know, Shadow of a Doubt. Shadow of a Doubt is not on the Greatest Hints compilation I had, and that was a pleasant surprise. That's, that's a really a, good song. That's a mistake, that's a
1: great song. Yeah. Again, the, the dynamics with his vocals, how he changes it throughout the song. Raspy, but when he says kid, he goes, KID! <laughs> <laughs> Not like that. Yeah. But like, it, it's, it's pretty great, and it's a fantastic chorus, and the, the, the way they, they, they hold out the doubt at the end. Oh, it's incredible. It's like and it's like all these songs read kinda of heartlandy, kind of just power pop, kind of new wavy with some of the grooves. I love the percussion. At least in the intro, and throughout Shadow of the Doubt, it's like, you know. Yeah. The drums. It's pretty nice. It's a nice touch that I wasn't expecting.
0: Yeah, I mean, this record is just like such a like Guitar Tone record. That's, like, a huge takeaway for me. Is, like... This sounds like... Like, every fucking... Like, bluesy... Yeah. Rock record should. Like... There's a... Apparently... Like, this sounds better than, like, any
1: Stones album. You know? Recorded-wise, like... Yeah. if, If they were... If they wanted to sound this big... At their peak, because well, the thing I like about most stones, the best stones records like Eggs on Main Street, is that it is muddled. It's yeah. not clear. Um, but if they I don't think they could pull it. Th- they have not pulled this off in this way, as like power, they're power poppier too, mm-hmm. as well as 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 this and just the way that they're produced. These first four songs are pretty incredible. They're just produced immaculately. There's apparently, I read this somewhere. Uh, a whole, a, like a, a bunch of message boards dedicated to um, examining the exact gear, equipment, and tones used on the mm-hmm. whole album, and I believe it. But after the four track, the first four tracks—Refugee, Here Comes My Girl, Even the Losers—comes uh, a song that we've talked about for a second. Oh, one yeah. Of, one of the well, rest- it was like,
0: what do you think about Century City? I hate Century City. <laughs> yeah, that's. what it was. Yeah, Century City is not a good song.
1: Century City is not... What The takeaway I got from this is it sounds like Bob Dylan's Highway 61 Revisited and um, um, We Built This City on Rock and Roll Combined. Well, and that's one it. of those songs is brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Jefferson Starship. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not a compliment. Um, I, don't, I don't really care for the hook. On this song at all, <laughs> it's, it's just a call and response. Yeah. Century City, Century Sid! Century Sid! Yeah. And it's like, it's this mm. talk about some idyllic place. It doesn't, I don't like the lyric. I hate the chorus. But again, if I'm going to say something nice about the song, again, yeah. it, every song on this album is produced incredibly. They're played well. Um, and he does give it his all on the vocal. Yeah. We're going to live in the modern world when he... Again, when he hits those shredding highs, he just kills it. He really does sound like Bob Dylan on the song. He sounds like... Yeah. When he says, He says, No, you're not. It reads like a Bob Dylan song, which is a problem with... Here's the thing. If he just sounded like Bob Dylan on every song here, I would just be like, that's his voice. You know, he just kind of sounds like Bob Dylan. That's not a problem. But like... Yeah, right. When I listen to Don't Do Me Like That, or like Refugee, Mm -hmm. or what he sounds like on... Here comes my girl. A number of songs on here. I don't get that very much. He like really emphasizes it on certain songs, like Louisiana Rain, and he just isn't as good at it as Bob Dylan, and it kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Whereas with Elvis Costello, he has like a voice all his own. Um, I don't feel like he's trying to put anything on, um, and Tom Petty can do despite the. Like I've said, the effort he's putting in. Sometimes it can just get on my nerves a little bit. But side B, I think, is decidedly less hype for me than side A. Don't do me like that aside. Yeah, Um, it's really kind of a buzzkill that
0: Century City is just like between... Like if you just put "Don't Do Me Like That" before Century City, you could just like stop listening after five tracks and yeah. be like, "That was amazing. That was incredible." <laughs> yeah,
1: because you tell me, you tell me is a, a pretty pretty good slow burner. You tell me is good. You tell me is a good like song. It is it is a good slow burner. I wish, and if I have one flaw for Refugee, I wish some of these songs released their tension in a way that satisfied me a little bit more. They cut out refugee too early. Mm. There needs to be a solo. I'm ne- I'm never asking for a solo, but there <laughs> needs to be a breakdown at the end of that song. You're just you you're not ready for it to end when it ends and would you tell me it's meant to be a slow burn some longer song? Um I I wish I got that a little bit more.
0: Yeah. I don't know, like like you Tell me' is a good example of like just the playing on this album it's like just so um like I think the stones are another good example of this. I think like this isn't like a comparable genre al- album, but like um fucking Rob Power is a good example of this, and that like. The detail that they use to like the riffs themselves are like, like the riff on You Tell Me is like, it's just like chords on yeah. the downbeat. And then, do, low riff. Do, 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 do. but then, like, they just add all of these overdubs and like all of this detail. And it becomes something completely different than if a dad band would just play power
1: chords and and play this song. Well, it textures you know? it, it. Yeah, like, that's like the backbone riff, and then it's all these little riffs come in and add just exactly a, a full texture to the song. It's not every song, every song on this record sounds enormous. Right.
0: Yeah. No. I. I just. I really, really enjoy that aspect of this music. Like it's. It's really lush because of that, in a way that... I don't know, like, a certain era of rock music was, and then kind of...
1: Was not. ...stopped being, I I don't know, like... Music like this largely, I'm not going to say went out of style, but was less prominent in the mainstream, more and more in the 80s, and then that shifted to alternative. This was like a window of... Select rock music in really the the, the mid seventies um, when they had just when they were really Bruce Springsteen's going to run in a lot yeah. of Bruce Springsteen's record. I, I believe I think the same way um, his earliest records. So I think yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't I mean, think like, it's a bygone era. No, I
0: mean, there's like there's like records and musicians and movements that like use like lush or like layered textures yeah. but not i mean not in like the kind of classic rock three guitar attack kind of way yeah um i guess like like flaming lips albums i would say are a good example of like really textured rock this there's neo been, like, a
1: lot of neo psychedelic yeah really uses the power yeah. of the studio and overdubs to their benefit but like you said this is stripped back to just rock and roll just fundamentals 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 yeah, fundamentals. yeah. The, the hooks pop there's not a lot of
0: that's this is probably not true there's not a lot of like like there's not a lot of effects on this album i would say other than like reverb there's yeah <laughs> there's a lot of reverb there's a lot but, of reverb but there's like also the this sounds like guitars plugged into amps yeah recorded by microphones Over like, and for number. the most part yeah
1: um there's there is a lot of those those studio clips that I like that give a lot of personality yeah. and continuity to the album, like um, oh the the
0: weird little
1: little interludes the interlude things those are cool those are really yeah. cool they add a lot of personality and make it you know feel like a record not just the greatest hits comp yeah. or like just the singles and filler, so, and in some cases, um, right before Louisiana Rain it always gets me. I wish that the little studio instrumental that they put before it, the little synth passage, mm-hmm. was the song I was going into. Yeah. Um, it would be a million times more interesting. Louisiana Rain
0: sounds like a song that I would expect to hear on like a 2005 Tom Petty album. Yeah. It's, not, it's just not very good. It's not a and it's great like And It's like six minutes long. I think
1: if he's going on the ballad side, Here Comes My Girl and You Tell Me are a million times better. Th- yeah. It's the longest song on the record. It is the finish but it does read as a very kind of basic almost bob dylan in the bandyish kind of you know ballad yeah it just sounds it sounds like a like a shitty 70s bob dylan song uh, in his worst periods i'm just not a big fan of, especially ending the record on it um it's not like he doesn't sell it but again he he ends it on that kind of bob dylan nasally distracting voice that i Not totally partial to. But, you know, I got, of nine tracks, you know, you want all of them to be good. I think the only ones I straight up don't like, I don't like most of Louisiana Rain, and I don't like The Hook at all, or really most of Century City. But You Tell Me, What Do You Do With My Life are solid. Yeah. Yeah don't do me like that's a 10 and the first four tracks are incredible so i got a lot more out of this album than i thought i was going to re-listening to it yeah first let's do it i didn't pay that much attention to this it's a little bit of a
0: disappointment that there is like a drop-off there's a drop-off and it's short and you're left with kind of not feeling like it's a full album or, I don't know, I like, after listening to this, would I say this is a great album? I don't think so. I, I don't think it's a great album. I think it has some great songs on it. Yeah. Some absolute yeah. Songs. I, I I would tell people, if they want to listen to a Tom Petty album, that should listen to this album, but it's got, like, really weak parts of it. Like, it, it yeah. sounds like an album where they spend a lot of time on, like... sound on on the sound and on the single like on these bigger songs and they just kind of threw on a couple more because they were like fuck this is 25 minutes long
1: (laughs) what are you doing with my life i think is a pretty good example of that where it's it's a good blues rock number solid blues rock number Mm -hmm. is it a memorable blues rock number i don't know same with you tell me well i think that's a good song and it's everything on here is immaculately produced I, I think, given that we're not, we're not in 1978, 1979 anymore, there's, there's so much context here now that that stuff maybe doesn't sound even as probably not the freshest as it did when it came out, song-wise. Um, and beyond that, lyrically, I don't think he's doing, with the exception of Refugee, um, coming up with amazing topics for a lot of even the Losers is great. Um, they're 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 really solid. They're lyrically they're fine. But if we're mm-hmm. talking about the next record that we're going to be talking about, which is this year's model, I think lyrically Elvis Costello brings a lot more to the table. Yeah, yeah. This is a record that has gone back with me. I know you haven't listened. I've been trying to make. we we're we transitioning
0: to the Elvis Costello record.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Did you have for the one? listener? It was not clear from what you were saying that we were about to talk oh,
1: about Oh, well, it. I was going to do it naturally. No. Okay.
0: Because no. I, I
1: wasn't sure either. If you were listening for the Tom Petty section of this podcast, you may now stop the broadcast Yeah, now fuck off. And fuck off. Because now we're going to talk about the Elvis Costello portion of this podcast. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. I've been trying to make you listen to this record for a long time. I um, don't think that's true.
0: I think I suggested that we listen. to these I've been albums. trying
1: to make you listen to Elvis Costello for a while. Yes, more true.
0: Well, um, I did try and listen to Elvis Costello like a while ago. I listened to uh, the first one, and I didn't like it. Now here's, you
1: know, here's here's your first mistake. That album, the band on that album, became Hugh Lewis in the news. The band on this album is one of the best backing bands. Yeah, well, I love his first record I didn't like it I, I
0: thought it was just, I don't, whatever. his first
1: I'm not going to talk about his first yet, record but his first record I think has he didn't get his sound until this record that record has some real sharp songs on it though and some really great wordplay it's a, it's a great roughly recorded it was recorded in like a fucking box really it's a roughly recorded almost lo-fi um yeah rock and roll album it's great and allison's on it and uh if you get like any new version on it watching the detectives on it great dub song but we're not talking about
0: my aim is true the detectives can never listen to that song seriously ever you know why (laughs) okay so there's this show on pbs called history detectives and it was literally these like historians and they would like go to some like old lady's house and she's like I've got this thing, and I don't know what it is. And they would be like, I'm on the case. And then they would go into the archives mm-hmm. and like look it up. It was a great show. Highly recommended, History Detectives. But the theme song for that show was, watching the, was watching the detectives. And I will never, ever be able to separate those two things in my mind. Well, And it sounds
1: like the theme song for History Detectives. I can I, I, I understand that. I can't. I can understand Luckily it's not on this record and not technically on the original version. Is it a My single? It was a single okay. that they tacked on. Similar to this album, I'll talk about it when we get to it, but Radio Radio, the last song on this album, was a single that got tacked on to the end of this record. But they did it before it came out rather okay. than on reissues like My Aim Is True. But this record's been a personal favorite of mine for many years. Um, and if we're going to talk about the first four songs in Tom Petty's album... The first four songs on this record i think are, are pretty it does not start off like refugee where one of the best songs on the album one of the <laughs> probably two or three best songs on the album is, is is right there um no action is a phenomenal song but i wouldn't call it in the top three or four songs on the album but the first four t- tracks i think are also pretty exceptional so My 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 question is: listening to this with fresh ears, what is your take on this year's model?
0: Um, I don't really get it. (laughs) I don't like this album very much. Oh man. Yeah, like and like I'm I'm gonna like use this as like I don't hate this album. Okay. I just don't. Like, I listened to this series, I've listened to this album, like, ten plus times. And, like, I don't, I don't feel very much emotion when I listen to this. I don't feel anything.
1: This is a common, um, criticism of Elvis Costello, I feel like. Um, I don't know,
0: like, what, what does this make you feel? Is the, like, is he angry? Is he... I, is he making you sad? Do you relate to these songs? Do you want to dance to these songs? I don't understand I think, what these songs are about.
1: I'll tell you how I read yeah, them. Yeah. The record itself, conceptually, is... It, it, I don't know. It comes across to me, but it doesn't come across to, I, I guess, a, a larger subset of people. I mean, it's, it's really about societal, romantic alienation and bitterness because of that anger but also you know it's it's not the most relatable record but here's the thing that i also think is missing from modern songwriting that i kind of like is a record written from a really bitter perspective i think there's a lot of songs on here that aren't nice songs necessarily they're but there's a lot of songs on here that that have solid messages I think I read into the lyrics. Did you listen? Did you read the lyrics to this record? Okay, I didn't want to. That's fair. I read into lyrics. Like I know they're
0: like really important, but like I didn't like this enough to like want to sit there and listen to it for forty-five minutes. I, I.
1: I guess I'm just frustrated. No. I'm not mad. No, I'm that's that's
0: like on me. Like I just didn't have time to do that. It's like all right. but I didn't I didn't want to and that was a big part of
1: it. It's alright. Personally, if we're well then I'll hold off to talk about the lyrics for a little like, bit and we yeah. can talk about the music. Mm. I think vocally, which may be where some of your problems He doesn't he sounds exactly
0: the same on every single side. I don't think
1: that's true. I just don't think it is. I don't I think even, there's a lot of vocal yeah. he has, unlike Tom Petty Who's switching between inflections like three times in a song? Um, he has a more consistent tone, which is just his voice, but he does have a great voice. I think the range, the the, the nuances in a lot of these songs, and just the squeaks, the growls, on like the beat or this year's girl, pump it up. I don't want to go to Chelsea lip service. I think he, he emotes pretty well. I, he emphasizes very well, too. And I, I do get anger, more, less anger and more just kind of bitterness and jealousy. I, I, I get out of his, his inflection. He's, he doesn't, he's not as snotty as the Sex Pistols. I wouldn't call him full punk. But there's definitely an attitude with which he's saying it that I can relate to. Um, even if, I, if there's certain songs that I wouldn't want to be the, the person narrating. He's, he, he, he can pen a pretty bitter number, which is where he was coming from for, for a lot of these songs. But I think what helps me emote more to it is I really, really enjoy the, the momentum of the playing on this record. I think it has one of the tightest rhythm sections of any band. Drumming is near perfect. And I really enjoy um, the the, the overall sound. On the the first record, um, more of a guitar, basic guitar, drums, bass setup. This was guitar, Steve, naive on keyboards. And then there were two, (laughs) I was blank on their names. There were two other guys, uh, Bruce Thomas and Pete Thomas on bass and drums. Um, Bruce Thomas always had a real bounce and just kind of levity. To, to his bass lines that I always you can listen to those the whole song they're always entertaining and they're just always back with just a real solid groove they have a real control of grooves and they're, they're, it's, it's a keyboard and the guitar is. You, there's usually riffs but they're buried if ever up mm-hmm. front at all mm-hmm. and there's a variety of different keyboard effects and tones well, and things there's but, riffs they're
0: just not played by a guitar typically yeah, well, definitely. It's keyboard. like almost like, it's usually like a keyboard
1: bass in sync. Yeah, I love the sound of it. Yeah. Um, Full throttle, really pumps me up. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it's hard for me to talk about this record not lyrically, because if you're not getting anything musically out of it, I understand why you didn't enjoy it. Personally, I think it's brilliantly performed and written in every aspect of it. So well, I, I, if you just don't please explain. No, I
0: I have a, a number of concrete things that I, I want to say. Um like first I have no I've no problem with his with his voice as like a like like the way he sings that's not like it's not like oh he has a weird voice. It's not like oh I'm listening to Bob Dylan he has a weird voice. I, don't, I don't like it. It's not that. He does have a unique voice and I I like it. It's just that I don't like, when I listen to him sing, like, he. I really don't feel any emotion coming through in his voice. That's really. Like, if. I don't know the lyrics to. Well, I guess I know some lyrics, but I don't really know the meanings behind a lot of these songs. And I could not guess the. Tone mm-hmm. of any of the songs based on how he's singing them.
1: I think that's understandable. Um, especially, like I said, I proposed Lipstick Vogue to be a love song. That doesn't come across mm-hmm. um, on, on the song itself. I I disagree. But like, I disagree that he doesn't That's not like, promote. it's not like
0: a huge
1: problem. Like, I like Steely Dan.
0: <laughs> I like Steely Dan. I don't
1: think same like, class, though, of, of non-emotion. I really don't. Yeah. I think maybe there's, maybe I, I'm thinking more of emphasis, but I think there's certain, like when he's on the, the second verse of Radio, Radio, I think he's, he's certainly getting more passionate as he goes on talking about how they're going to anesthetize the way that you feel. Certainly on the back end of lip service with the chants, he's growling. I think he builds up the beat pretty well. I think he starts emoting. I think he delivers these songs pretty passionately, at least for a Going for it, vocal aspect. I really don't think he's sleep singing through this album. Um,
0: I guess the second thing that I would put out there is I don't think the bass player is very good. All right, now you're gonna, now you're gonna give me good personal attacks. So here's the thing the bass player is very clearly very good. At playing the bass very fast. But that doesn't mean it's called for every single song in the exact same way. I don't think that's true. Oh, sorry. Oof. Yikes, party foul. This is entirely a matter of taste, but I think the bass player is getting in the way of the songs a little bit, because he's playing so many notes that don't need to be there. I don't think, I think it works really well on a lot of the songs, like, "Lipstick vogue, I don't wanna to go to Chelsea, but I think a lot of it is kind of unnecessary. I don't need, and I think, I think it shows a little bit of a lack of of taste and a lack of I'd With say Elvis me. Costello, like, it's very clear that Elvis Costello never was like, hey, let's like tone it down a little bit, because he does it on every song, and he does it, the exact same think. thing on every song. He doesn't do the exact same thing on every
1: song. I'm just... a similar tone of what he's going for. He, do, he, he generally does have a pretty bouncy sound to it, but it's not like he's just... He's, he's, I don't think he does... He doesn't play the same does, like, every song. He does like the walking
0: thing. He does walk
1: quite a bit. All the time like I just
0: think it's not like on the last song um like on the last song, radio, radio. Mm-hmm. the end of it it's just like radio, radio, or whatever, and like the bass player he plays that riff <laughs> Yeah, and he plays it, like, ten different ways. And, like, one would suffice. I
1: don't...
0: It's I don't a little... Know. And it it comes a little bit for me, having played bass in the past, and having played bass and like... I don't know. Like, I understand, like, where that guy's coming from, and I don't like it. I don't like... He's not
1: playing the bass a million different ways at the end of Radio Radio. It's doing the same thing. Which is the main riff of the song. No,
0: no, no, no. He doesn't though. He plays that riff. He plays bull, 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 bull. And then he plays Put it up. And I start listening to it and it just starts to annoy me because I just like I feel like I'm not concentrating on the song anymore. All I can hear is this play, bass player kind of showing off. I, I just do you know. I, 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 I honestly am shocked that that's a complaint benefit of yours. from some simplicity. It really distracts me when I listen to some of these songs.
1: I love the bass playing on this record because it is more of a forefront. Like we said, there's not a lot of heavy guitar riffage or really any guitar heroics all over this album. I think, you know, although it's nice when they all coalesce very tightly in night sleep. They each have their own strengths to highlight. I think Bruce Thomas's bass, which locks into the drums exceptionally, is a huge benefit to a lot of the songs. I think they're interesting parts to listen to. I often listen to them when I'm listening to the song, but that doesn't mean I'm, my focus is squarely on them and they're not pulling me back from the rest of the song. I think it's part of the sound that they were going for. I don't think it was something like he's showing off and no one's stopping him. I think that was just the general sound. They're all pretty exceptional players. They all show off in their own way. Bruce Thomas, I mean, the other, um, Pete P- Thomas is, he has, he has some flashy drum fills. There's definitely some keyboard embellishments. I mean, they're just, they're they're, they're a power trio when it comes to a backup band.
0: Yeah, I I, I just like, I think the, the general thing for me that stems from that, um, when I was talking about the bass player, is this record it sounds like i I was thinking about how i was going to phrase this earlier it sounds like they could have made the exact same record if elvis costello had sent them through the mail like piano demos of all the songs and then they decided what they were going to play, and then he showed up, and they played
1: the songs that way. I guess what you're saying, it sounds like a bunch of people showing off, I guess, right? No. All them, like, no. they're making their own parts, so they're, they're, there's a lack of just overall restraint and dedication to the song, what you think serves the song best? Yes.
0: That's what you It saying. sounds like four people doing four different things given source material compared to four people trying to
1: do one thing. I don't think you're entirely wrong. I think it backs up the source material pretty nicely, but I think definitely Elvis Costello has an intention lyrically that he often hides in some of his songs, sometimes. Um, And maybe you don't think the dynamic elevates the song rather than just sits with the song. I can I guess sympathize. I don't feel the same way. I think they work pretty well with a lot of the songs. Especially a song like Night Rally, which is kind of dirgy. It's 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 supposed to be it's it's supposed to be a song about uh, it's a it's a political song about like the start of like a a fascist era mm. creeping. I mean, like I, I I try not to put too much of the meaning into this because it doesn't seem to be where a lot of your complaints are are stemming from. But I don't know how you can know the emo the the core of these songs without reading the lyrics. Okay. Because if you don't read the lyrics, you don't know what the songs are about, really. Yeah. Um.
0: Okay, I'm going to talk about why I don't like Night Rally. And then you can talk about why you like this album a lot. And then we, then we can go back to some complaints. Because I feel like this is very negative.
1: So I'm trying obviously. to understand where you're coming
0: from. Because I, yeah. I could
1: talk about... Night parts.
0: Rally is the worst song in this album. And Night Rally is a genuinely terrible song. I
1: don't, I don't agree. But
0: tell me why you think it's a genuinely I, terrible song. Was a little surprised. I think "Mad Rally is by far the worst song in this album. Also. I don't think it is. Um, I was a little surprised that it was on this album. I think it is much, much worse than every single other song on this album. It, it like, it has like three parts that are completely unrelated and don't really sound like they're in the same song. And it has... I think another thing that I don't like is he writes just really lame choruses sometimes. Night Rally's chorus goes... I would say restrain Night Rally. Night. And he does that, like, fucking 30 times on that
1: song. At the end. For the other choruses, he just sings it three times. Well, like, in total... Yes. It's like he fades out in the end by saying "night rally." You make it sound like he repeats it a million.
0: Times. He does, and he uh, does Mayf- that on all of these songs. He repeats the chorus at the end of every song, and it just pounds it into your skull. I don't like how he does that. I don't like how he does that. Okay. I really like because I think uh, some of them, some of the choruses were really good,
1: and some of them like. Like arms. I think every chorus on this song on this album pops. I think every song on this sound pops. I think fading out a song with the chorus, which he does on probably Night Rally. He definitely does it on. He does it on a couple of them. Hand in
0: hand. Hand in hand. Night Rally and Hand in Hand are really
1: the two I'm talking Lip about. Lip service. I
0: don't need to hear Hand in Hand, Hand in Hand like ten times. I don't need to hear that. It's not like it's not annoying to me. I mean, it's I, I, really
1: annoying to me. To you. Um, I think they're pretty short songs and it's not like they spend 30 minutes and 30 seconds fading out it's, yeah. it's usually at just at the end he fades out repeating the chorus I think it ends the songs pretty nicely, I like it when he doesn't do that but like it's not like that ever drags me out of the song, it's like oh my god shut up I, <laughs> I, I, I again a lot of the, these problems I, I feel like I can't really help you with and I don't really have um, a response to you not liking him repeating the choruses at the end of two songs, because I, I don't have a problem with it. I think the choruses are great. I think Night Rally is a restrained chorus. It's a restrained song. It's meant to be the end of the album, which is why it probably has Night Rally repeating so much at the
0: end. Yeah, um, but, but in Night Rally, he starts like moaning the lyrics, and it sounds
1: really bad. This is something I guess, as a fan, that I can understand a little bit more than he would go on to do a little bit more singy, sh- singy, showy, like Burke back backrack type of vocals, and he can. It, it starts here uh, with with songs like Little Triggers, mm-hmm. like, like the piano ballads. Eventually, dominate a lot of his later later records, but this is. I think a a, a pretty great restraint moment in the album especially to the end and I think it works as a political song in a, in a, in a smart way and that it's not incredibly upfront. The name of his next record was going to be called Emotional Fascism and he has a lot of songs based on this kind of topic relating um love to fascism and control um but also just politics in general. You can you can Kind of take this to any time period of thinking. Like the, the chorus, one of the choruses on Night Rally, the chorus of Night Rally is, "You think they're so dumb? You think they're so funny? Well, wait, they wait till they've got you running to the Night Rally, which is what happens in politics a lot. You put something off, oh, that will never happen, that'll never happen. It's funny, and then it happens. It's it also uses a lot of imagery, Nazi imagery. The big line that stood out for a lot of people was when he says. Uh, Singing in the showers is definitely a, a reference to the showers in Auschwitz. Um, it's, I think, pretty... Sh- it's got a, a... Lyrically, I don't think it's as direct as a lot of so- of the songs on here. It, it uses a lot of imagery um, pretty effectively. Uh, especially, he emphasizes showers vocally. Embellishes it pretty well. But um, he, he can... He does have the tendency sometimes to go a little too nuts. His next few albums are written entirely in puns almost, which I love. I love. I think his, his rhymes are clever. His lines are brilliant. But it can cloud up the meaning of some songs. And if you think this is the weakest track on here, I think that might be the issue you're having here. But personally, I think it's a pretty strong moment. And I think it leads into, if this wasn't the closer... If this was supposed to be the closer, I think Radio Radio makes for just as good of a closer in the way that it ends. It was a single tacked onto the album at the end, which also fits into the the kind of political theme of Night Rally, and this is definitely a political song, uh, about censorship on the radio, and I think it applies to censorship in general. Um, Lyrically, I also think this song is very sharp uh, I knew what this one was about. I yeah. about it. It's, it's, it's a pretty great song. Yeah. The, first, the second verse is, I think, pretty stellar. I'll, 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 read, I'll read it. I'll read the second mm-hmm. verse. Some of my friends sit around every evening and worry about the times ahead, but everyone else is overwhelmed by indifference and the promise of an early bed. You either shut up or get cut up. They don't want to hear about it. It's only inches on the reel to reel. The radio's in the hands of such a lot of fools trying to anesthetize the way that you feel. I think it's it's there's some pretty great lines in there that still apply, whether you're talking about radio or television, just the kind of dumbing down for the masses and, and cutting things, shut up or get cut up, you know, cutting out lines, cutting out meanings of songs, really, just to appeal to a larger demographic. Um... How popular was Elvis Costello? In England, very. Um, mm. in, in America, pretty popular. Watching the Detectives is a big song. Allison wasn't yet, but he got more popular around the mid-80s. This song was famously played on his first SNL show. that got him banned because he was supposed to play a song from his first record. Yeah, he like, changed. But he changed it last second and played this song. A little punk? yeah. That's
0: pretty funny. So he was SNL big. But yeah. I feel like SNL big, like he was, was,
1: was Elvis Costello on like rock radio? Like, oh, like- right. SNL big has always been what it is, which is they actually do look out. They don't mm-hmm. do top 40. They search <laughs> out and find great acts. It's like He's that kind of critical. second level. Yeah. Yeah. So he was SNL big, but like he wouldn't get really huge, huge until probably a lot of his, like every day I write the book. Um, A lot of the bigger songs off of... So you have like 80s hits? He does have 80s hits. Get Happy was a pretty big record for him. Um, I'm only aware of the... uh, These first three. I could go on for... Only for Soup song. Sorry. Get Happy. No, Sorry. (laughs) I I like this song. I like a lot of the lines in Radio Radio. You know, Mm -hmm. the the, the idea of wanting to bite the hand that feeds you um, is... It's, it's, it's I think it's a compelling song, and I think it ends the record pretty well, too. It ends it with another high, musically. Um, it's just got a really driving beat to it and really an incessant just organ riff on it. It's a pretty great end to the record, but I want to talk about, I mean, I, there's so much, I want to explain all these songs. Yeah, uh, yeah to you I, I guess I'll I, I'm not going to explain the whole we record we can't we can't talk about every song we can't talk about every song pick pick, pick, a, pick a couple I'll pick some that I personally think are really great this year's model is a pretty prime example of what I like about the lyrics on this record it's basically a song um about how poorly Elvis perceives wait um, is that the name
0: what, which song is that this year's girl sorry, Yeah. this year's yeah. girl yeah
1: uh, this says this year's model
0: in I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Um, This song is, is generally from the pers- perspective of how men can perceive women frequently. Broken with their mouth wide open, you know, what they want to do to them. Because uh, don't, they don't really give a damn about them. Um, knowing there's a real attraction, the promises of satisfaction... It, but also at the same time, how you know unsatisfying these type of men. it's because it's written from an outsider perspective. He, of course, is, is good enough for this girl, and all these other guys are just gonna bore. Her. Um, but I think it's a pretty great message, especially for the time with all the machoism of uh, the punk scene. The early poem. I guess there wasn't that much machoism uh, at that time. Not like the yeah, you, right. the, you, the hardcore scene, but like I think it's a it's a pretty important message now. Um, it's sh- it's pretty sharp lyrically, and it's got a great it's got a great hook. That's that's the songs on this record. I think when you dig into the lyrics, say a lot more. But I think you can listen to them without personally me like I did when I first discovered this record and enjoy them for the melodies. I think all the choruses pop. Like, Pump It Up. I didn't know Pump, pump It Up is, is very sexual. It's about masturbation. When I first heard it, it was about the music, turning up the radio. It's a fucking banger. It still is a banger, but now it's, you know, it's, it's so much more than that. I mean, it's about sexual frustration, every single line, and they're all clever. They're all brilliant little rhymes. It's just densely packed. And the chorus is great. I know he repeats the chorus at the end. I know you don't like it, but it's such a great chorus, and it's such, like, a driving...
0: I mean, you're talking about Pump Up.
1: Yeah. Well, Pump is, like, it's
0: good. It's Pop a it's a, jam. a good song, yeah. It's a jam. Yeah.
1: Little Triggers, I think, is a great relationship song about him, like... Is it about, like... Is he
0: talking about, like, the way a girl pisses him off?
1: Is no, that a way a girl is he perceives is slowly um, losing attraction to him. Oh. is just is slowly going to push him away. Mm. It's just little things that he thinks are it, it's just it's all, all going to add up. The way she kisses him. The way um, she... There's a lot of things. Yeah. It, he, there's a, he has a lot of little triggers, and it's a very funny song now that trigger is used these days. Um, yeah. You belong to me in hand in hand. I don't think are as lyrically sharp as a song like "This Year's Girl" or "No Action," which is an anti-love song. Basic, but it's it's you know not wanting this girl, but you know hating the jealousy of the boyfriend. So kind of toying with the idea of getting back with her because of that. I mean, like it's a classic nice guy trope. He plays a lot of those on this record. He plays this very bitter, angry, scorned, but also not as smart as he thinks he is Yeah, kid who's just angry and love. I right. re- you know, and like, like I don't I was gonna criticize
0: you belong to me, but I feel like it's like it's self it's self
1: aware. His his like the neck is doing firmly yeah. in his cheek on <laughs> yeah. this whole record. Yeah. Like it's it the, the whole emotional turmoil of this record is very self aware. He mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. That's what the record is about. Um I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea is incredible. Um, lip Service is is just about, you know...
0: I feel like that one's
1: pretty, pr- pretty clear. Pretty self-evident. Yeah. I don't need to explain it. No. Okay. Um, lip Service is all you're going to get from me. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's also about just how everybody's going through the motions. Yeah. Uh, just not wanting to be in that, that dating pit of just guy after the next guy after the next guy. There's there's, there's quite a lot lyrically. It's hard for me to dive into because so much of this record is just lines, line for line. I love almost every line on this record. The rhymes are great, um, but his word choice and a lot of just the little couplets are what makes me like this record so much. On lip service, one of my favorite lines on the whole record is when did you become so choosy don't act like you're above me just look at your shoes that's such a bitchy line I just think it's fantastic it's, it's bitter it's mean it's angry I just think it's fantastic there's just a whole bunch of those all over this record and if I, you didn't get any of them because you didn't listen to the li- read the lyrics I guess because it's hard to make out it's a lot of them from pretty me. much impossible that you can tell really what he's saying yeah um, Just I it. think what he says on this record is, is pretty thoroughly compelling throughout. I think the way he delivers it is not emotionless. I think he does a good job portraying the a lot of the emotions that he's he's putting on this record, which is our bitterness and betrayal and jealousy. Um, and on top of that, I think the playing and the songs are fantastic. I don't think there is a bad song on this record. I think there are two bad songs on Darn the Torpedoes, but I don't think there's one bunk song on here. Even the ones that I don't think are as super razor sharp lyrically, I think are still, they still have a point to them. They st- they're still unorthodox topically, where I think Tom Petty goes a little, I don't want to see cliche, although a lot of them have become cliche, but a little bit more straightforward. It's definitely more of an alternative record to damn the torpedoes, and I think a, a lot of I don't you know man, <laughs> I was not expecting you to not like this record very much. Mm. Uh, so you kind of caught me off guard here. I you know I hopefully I I hope I've defended it. Uh, yeah, pretty fairly. I I think a lot of your complaints come down to stuff that I can't refute. If you don't like how they're playing, that is the style they're going for. I don't. Read it as them just, you know, as show offy. I think it's impressive. I love the sound of this record. It's really, it's not as widescreen as Tom Petty's record, but it's very wiry, a little post punky in what a lot of the rhythms and bass lines, and it's just, and it can change from song to song. I think the beat um, is a completely different sound to a song like No Action, vocally, really everything on it. And there's some, some some great lines on it it's i don't think
0: I don't think this record is very i think this record is very sonically homogenous. i don't i think from between the first i think this 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 album for the most part sounds like he has a guitar and the keyboardist changes some of. Like hits a different preset on their keyboard every song. Like the bass and the, the bass sounds the same. The bass sounds the same. Give it me doesn't. that the bass sounds exactly the same. The like tone of the bass. Yes. 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 What he's playing Well obviously he's playing different. Yeah. So yeah. They're playing different songs. But like I'm I'm talking about the the, the yes. sound of the
1: Most the, of the, the record, record the tone of the bass sounds the same. I but like I don't <sighs> see this as a it has a more uniform song sound than the other one. But I'm not going to act like every single song sounds like the same. I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea is definitely more rhythmically interesting than like Radio Radio, which is more, or Pump It Up, which are more just straightforward, driving rock songs. This Year's Girls more stop and start. Night Rally is like a funeral. A new wave dirge of some kind. Little Triggers is a piano ballad, like a faux piano ballad. You Belong to Me is just more, and Hand in Hand are just kind of more straightforward. Living, I mean, like, and Living in Paradise is just weird new wave with these weird, kind of chirpy keyboards. Lip service is more straightforward, punky. You know, I, I just don't hear where you're coming from. I think there's a lot of, it's not as sonically lush or diverse as Tom Petty's record, but I think there's enough, there's a lot of variety here, song to song. I think it flows incredibly as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm underselling. How, like, how good I, the record is? I, it's incredible. No, like how much I, I like it. Like, I, I like this record and I, like, compared to the other, I, like, I don't know. Like, I think they're they're kind of close in quality. Like, I feel like I talked more about why well, I like the other one. Like, I I like a lot of the songs on here. I think I like, I don't want to go Chelsea. I like probably the first, like, five songs. No, first four songs.
1: Do you like little triggers? Not really. Are triggering me right
0: now? He- I feel like he's going to say the N-word the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he, he says the N-word on the next one, too.
1: He does it. On what? On You Belong to Me? He does not. No, on the next album. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, it was the 70s. 70s. Uh, well, there's, uh, he says white. Yeah. It, there's, I'm not going to explain yeah. the context of Oliver's Army, because it's a historical context. To it. I'm not going to explain it. Uh, there's a whole, if you really actually want to read a fascinating book on the topic, yeah. uh, his 33 and a third for that record, Armed mm-hmm. uh, Forces, is, is one of the best ones. Um, I don't know I think the beat I, we didn't talk about the beat the beat is such a good song there's so many songs where every time I listen to it even today even today I didn't I admittedly haven't listened to this one I've listened to this record a million times but I hadn't listened to this one before probably today and maybe like a a little bit ago it as in depth and every time I come back to it I can still pull out little sonic details in the performances. That's just how raw I think some of them are, and just each song stands out to me. Some more than others, obviously, as just being like, "This is such an incredible song." I mean, the first four, and then most of the, and then and even little triggers, then back to from I don't I don't want to go to Chelsea through pretty much the rest Living in Paradise You Belong to Me and Hand in Hand I think are I don't think they're bad at all I think they're still great songs with point to them but they're, they're not as oh my god as probably the rest but I, I you know I think this record's incredible incredibly played incredibly produced I haven't talked about the production I think the production's pretty great on this record too produced by Nick Lowe mm-hmm. Um, I, think, I think, you know, we're going to have to take it to a vote because I don't think I can, can convince you to like this record more than you probably do. Uh, I would encourage you to go back and read some of the lyrics because there's a lot that I'm not even getting to that are definitely open to interpretation. Um, but it's fun for me to read into that type of stuff. Which is maybe a reason why I like the record so much. I I I have fun peeling back the layers of the songs, trying to find out what he means on every double entendre and every little throwaway line, um, which there are no throwaway lines on this record. So um, I think we, it's time we take it to a vote. Yeah. Um, do you think Tom Petty? I'll say mine, and then you're going to be the deciding vote. Because you know mine is this year's model. Uh-huh. I think Tom Petty and the Heart... We'll do closing things on what we think. Sure. The album. I think Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' Damn the Torpedoes is a pretty damn good and damn well-made rock album. I really enjoyed most of it. About half, I thought, was great. No Holds Barred, really, really great. Some songs underwhelm me. There were some bits that I read as un, as a little unimaginative and unoriginal, if earnest and well-produced and performed. Um, and I think the first half is way better than the second half. But, you know, of its era, there's very few... I mean, there's a lot of these songs, power-pop bands throughout the 70s, wish they wrote, wish they made. I mean, this is a pretty great record. Um... But this year's model, I think, is a whole personality onto its own. It just oozes personality and snark and bitterness. And especially, I mean, maybe I listened to it at the right time when maybe I was probably feeling some of the not literal things it talks about on this album. But, you know, I think this record's a masterpiece. I think it's one of his best albums. Um, and one of the best albums to come out. Not, I'm not saying it's a punk out, but one of the best albums to come out of the first wave of English punk. These albums came out in the same year, right? They did. Yeah. I think they both came out in 78. I misspoke I miss earlier. Nine. Um, I think 79. This one came out in 78. That nah, came out in 79. It came so, out in 79? So, yeah. Okay. Well, terrible well, years. And then, so, so my vote is this year's model. <sighs> Take it over. Break my heart. Yeah, I mean...
0: Damn the Torpedoes... I think I like every song I like on Dan the Torpedoes more than I like any song on this year's model. But, like, the difference between my enjoyment of those songs and, I, I don't know, man. Like, all of, all of these songs, barring, like, three, all of the songs on this year's model, are pretty well to extremely well put together. Um, It's, like, I've I've been thinking about this for a while. Like, every aspect of the performance on this album, on this year's model, like, bothers me in, like, a 10% way. Uh, But like this re- like this year's model really is like an exceptionally well done record um and it's hard to like it's hard to get past the damaged torpedoes like did it, it does have it's 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 just kind of a singles record with a couple other songs thrown in to round it out um But, yeah, I don't know. I, like, I've listened to this album. I've listened to this year's model since. Like, I mean, we've been planning on doing this for months. Literally months. And I've literally listened to this throughout that, probably since, like, July or August. And I really don't... I'm still, like, I don't really get it. I don't really...
1: Like, when I listen to this, I don't want to tap. What... I move my body. You, I don't We were listening to it earlier in my bedroom and you yeah. saw me moving my body to every song. Like the melodies just
0: haven't like stuck in my head. That's a big part of it. They haven't stuck in my head. So and different
1: brains, man, I guess. But, but ultimately uh, you can only pick ultimately, one. Ultimately there can only be one. So no Between Tom Petty's Damn the Torpedoes and Elvis Costello's This Year's Model, what album do you put your vote for towards album battle, bloodbath, battle royale, 2018?
0: I think it's going to be This Year's Model.
1: It's like I just want a football game. Yeah. My heart is singing.
0: It's it's a a better record.
1: Wave of... of Um,
0: But... If you're gonna give me the choice between listening to any song on this year's model... If you're gonna give me the choice of listening to four songs off of either of these albums, very clearly, Tom Petty. And Tom Petty just resonates with me as music should. And this... I don't want to listen to this album again, I really don't, I don't know,
1: I'm just, it's, I, don't know I, don't, I just don't I'm know really if it's for sorry. me. I'm sorry, I, you know, and that might just be what it comes down to. Elvis Costello's music is, personally, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. It resonates with me pretty hard, lyrically, musically just a bridge between punk and new wave I mean it reminds me of a lot of stuff I love from that era I get a lot of wire vibes from a lot of the, the grooves on this record what I do no I do see that's like
0: that's I don't agree well what'd you? what'd like I don't agree just cause like I listened the first time I listened to Pink Flag I was like this is the absolute shit and this is not I don't know I, I don't. I don't think I resonate with his, like, brand of
1: angst. I think that's the thing. It is very. Ner- I, it's nerdy angst, and it's very wordy, nerdy angst. Um, if it doesn't show through to you, I I, get, I can't do anything about it. It resonates with me. I think all of these songs are incredible, truly incredible. I love this record. Uh, it's one of my personal favorites. In his discography, in that decade in general, his first three records are very special to me. Um, although I, Armed Forces has a, had a more personal impact on my life, this one has been the the, the angst-ridden backbone of my high school, along with the Final Fantasy mm-hmm. First record and a, like a few choice others. So like the Pixies and stuff like that. But that's not really angsty. So, I, you know, I'm sorry that you can't, you can't Jones with it. You don't need to apologize. I was the one who made myself listen to it. I know, I know. I'm pretty bummed out that, uh, I, you know, I thought you were going to like it. I thought you were going to like it. You didn't let me down, but, um, well, there's a very bittersweet ending <laughs> to album battle, battle royale. But here's, you know, there is hope, faithful Sad Moth podcast listener. Because we'll be back okay. this time much sooner, and I can announce what the next podcast is going to be. Really? really? Right now. I told you what we we're going to do. I don't. You picked kidding. this one, this is the next one. We're going to have a good old fashioned. Brunjong! Run heavyweight on either under the ring. We're talking about Sound Gardens 1990. Something, maybe 92, maybe
0: 93 Bad
1: Motor Finger. Their major label debut. And we're talking about Alice in Chains, 1990, debut album. Boom boom. Face left. It's going to be a down-and-dirty, grungy, messy, no-holds-barred battle between two of Grunge's big four. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.